We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, January 13th. Oh, it's Friday the 13th. It's Unlucky Friday. Maybe you don't play DFS today because you're going to get everyone's getting unlucky. Maybe you should because everyone else is going to get unlucky and you win tonight. But uh, you could uh, join me here uh, in, in the morning, unstructured learning for DFS. DFS strategy. Good morning to the chat in the YouTube comments. I see, I see you guys in there. Give me those thumbs ups. Thumbs thumbs. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Good morning, Wataz, Billy Dynamite, Mr. Richard, Jade Debray, Defect, Apocalypse, Chase Simmons, Bart B. What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about lineup simulations. Okay, we we're going to talk about that yesterday, but we kind of, kind of still this week. Talking a lot about projections. And I think next week we'll be talking a whole bunch about projection stuff also. So if you have any questions about projections, how to use them, how to how to how to use lineup tool like uh lineup HQ, a lineup builder with projections, aggregating projections, reading projections, any anything to do with that, submit your questions. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. I'll probably bang out a whole bunch, like a kind of a mailbag. We got to James on Monday. Maybe we'll 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 do mailbag with McCool. Maybe we'll do some stuff on Tuesday. So uh, send them in, especially if they're on that topic. If they're on some other topic, you could you could send them in as well. I pile them up, and that's how I kind of break down what we can talk about on shows. 
I'm answering your questions always in the YouTube chat. So you could talk amongst yourselves. You could ask questions to follow along. And it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want in the YouTube chat. But today we're talking about, obviously, as I preach, lineups, not players. That you're not choosing players. You're choosing lineups. And we talked a lot about what projections are. That they're not just simply this FPTS. They're not predictions. It's not that DeMontis Sabonis we predict is going to score 51 points. No. That's just the 50th percentile outcome on his projected range of outcomes, which is one standard deviation range is 37 to 66. That's what the floor and ceiling reads. One standard deviation below, one standard deviation above. So it looks something close, especially in basketball, to a normal distribution. Now, it's not it's not completely normal, right? It's not perfectly normal. Because players do have slightly different floors, slightly different ceilings. So some players projected on a day may have a little bit more outcomes towards the minus one standard deviation and less at the ceiling, right? Floor and ceiling. That's where the floor and ceiling are, where, where my mouse is, right? The 68.26% zone, right? There's one standard deviation up and uh, plus and minus, okay? So some may have more, a little bit more outcomes on the floor side. Some may have a little bit more outcomes on the ceiling side. Would they have a lower floor and a higher ceiling or a higher floor and a lower ceiling? But even with our projections, that may only be the difference of two, three points, maybe. I mean, it's not it's not drastic. They're not like, well, he's 10, 10 point higher ceiling than this other guy at the same price, a similar projection type of thing. Oh, they both have a 35 medium projection, but one guy has a 65 and this guy has a 52. Like it's not going to be that dramatic, but maybe a couple of points here or there. And that's represented in the floor and ceiling columns, right? So if you were to choose, let's say between Steph Curry and Julius Randle at a very similar price, like we see here that Julius Randle actually has a higher floor by about one and a half points and a higher ceiling by about one, by about two and a half points. So in general, I mean, from, from, from a percentage standpoint, if we played this slate over a million times, if you constantly made these decisions, Julius Randle has a, has a better distribution of his range of outcomes than Steph Curry. Does that mean that Steph Curry can't, I mean, look look at the difference, 32 to 59, and this is 34 to 61. It's not that much different. It's not that, that dramatic. So it's like from a mental health standpoint, like we talked about yesterday, it doesn't make Julius Randle a so much better play in a vacuum than Steph Curry, right? We t- take a look at Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? 37 to 62. Oh, that seems pretty good. Even better than Randle or Curry at a similar price, right? We even take a look at Trey Young at 10-1. We take a look here. It's like Shea Gilgis Alexander, according to our 10:30 a.m. projections, which with all these Q tags and everything in NBA doesn't matter until later in the day. But we see here that Shea actually has a higher ceiling by a little bit, but a much higher floor by three points or so from, you know, from Randall three and a half points almost. And then up from Curry about almost five point higher floor, which means 15, 85% of the time, right? It's the 15th percentile, 85% of the time. Curry gets at least 32. Randall gets at least 34. SGA gets at least 37. 15% of the time, 
Curry gets 59 or more, 61 or more for Randall, 15% of the time. SGA, 15% of the time, 62 or more. That's how you read these columns, okay? Now, obviously, we're, we're like I said before, we're not playing players. We're playing lineups. So, like, just itemizing it because you could have to compare it. You have to adjust the salary, and that's what this RGB column is, right? But only the RGB column, the salary-adjusted value plus minus, is only based on, on the median, on this mean or median column. Not on the ceiling, not on the floor, right? So there's some guys that have slight, slightly different distributions that are projected. So how do you judge between, the, the well, I, I want to sacrifice floor for ceiling, especially if you're playing GPPs, or you just want to sacrifice ceiling for floor if you're playing cash games. But how do you do that on a lineup level when you're not like picking players? Like what, you know, if I'm not comparing necessarily SGA to Randall, like these 1v1 type of comparisons. Well, that's why you build lineups, right? And typically, in a normally distributive type of sport, which is basketball, the higher median lineups as a whole, all eight players together, so your projection sum is going to be a good a good judge of, of the lineups, you know, ability to score points. Some may be slightly higher than others because remember that the range of outcomes, some are... Some players are tilted a little bit more towards the ceiling. Some are tilted a little bit more towards the floor. Some have a median in the middle that is very similar, but their range of outcomes is kind of a little shifted over. So, like, how do you choose? How do you choose players? Well, you're not choosing players. Like I said, I'm going to repeat it again. You're not playing players. You're playing lineups. Okay, so let's say we built, right? Let's say we built, like, the optimal median lineup or something like that. That right now, based on our current projections, is a 295.94 at 49.5K. So we have all these players, McConnell, Demhart, Keldon Johnson, Najee Marshall, Miles Turner, Levine, Gordon, Vooch. 295.94. If we ran 20 lineups and we just said, okay, what are the top 20 optimal from a median standpoint, right? So we're going to build 20. I left the default settings. I should get the top 20 or somewhere close to that. So we see this lineup here first, right? 295.94. The next lineup is 295.67. And this one has Draymond Green instead of Najee Marshall. Yeah, instead of Najee Marshall. I think that's the that's the only difference. Okay? Slightly lower median projection. This next one is 295.61. This one has Benedict Mathurin. Obviously, people are out for the Pacers, I'm assuming. Right, so this one has Benedict Mathurin in it and Isaiah Stewart. So it's like a 2v2 off of this lineup over here. No, I know Eric Gordon in it. You can scroll down, here's 295.16. And with Bojan Bogdanovich, Kobe White. I'm assuming, what, is DeMar out or something? Right, because I, I haven't been playing NBA DFS. So you see 295.16. Here's 294.96. This one has SGA in it and Stewart in it. Like, the differences between lineups isn't that dramatic. Most of these lineups have, all these lineups have Nemhart and Keldon Johnson. 19 out of 20 have McConnell and or Levine. 17 out of 20 have Miles Turner. 14 out of 20 have Vooch. 11 out of 20 have Gordon. So, like, from a median perspective, these are, these are, these are the high medians, high salary-adjusted value players. That most likely, you know, you could tell by the ownership, you can kind of build your lineups around. Maybe not with all of them, 
for GPPs. But for cash games, you're probably going to be jamming most of these guys in. But the lineup differences from a median standpoint aren't that dramatic, right? Let's get back to yesterday. Which lineup do I play? One or two or three or four? If you're playing head-to-heads or double-ups. The differences between these lineups are, are minuscule, right? They don't beat the rake. So if you're playing, if you're playing a, a, an, an opponent that's like that is choosing between like the top five of these lineups, and you're choosing between the top five of these lineups, you're not going to beat the rake in the long run. You're not. You're just simply not. You're not going to have more than a nine, ten percent advantage over someone. We and we can show this through lineup simulations. So like we say, we take a look at, at here and we go, okay, here's the range of outcomes for all the, for these players. We have a median, we have a floor, we have a ceiling. So basically we have these points. We have this tippy top point over here at the median. We have the one standard deviation below and the one standard deviation above, right? Well, how can we simulate? How can we, how can we go over and like pretend the slate happened and what, what happens? What do they score based on this range of outcomes for each player? And then combine then those eight players in your lineup, what do they look like together? How do we do this? Well, if you get the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players, right? The second course, it includes Excel tools. If you have Microsoft Excel, we include tools for you to do things like this. Okay. So I'm going to switch over and I'm going to take these lineups. I'm going to take you know, the lineups that we made, and let's say you're choosing, and I'm still getting this bubble up over here. Come on, stop it. Can I get rid of it? Come on, get rid of it. Okay, there we go. We got rid of it. We got rid of it. Okay. So let's say, I'm going to, I'm going to, let's choose between, here's the Draymond Green lineup that looks, that's only a 1v1. Let's get rid of that. Here's, Mathurin turn. Okay, here's a 2v2. This one looks like a 2v2. Right, here's the shy lineup. The KJ Mar. Okay, let's get rid of the ones below it. Just for now. Just so I could use them as an example. So we only have four lineups, I guess. Delete these in lineup page. Oh, I could have just I should I could have just clicked the shortcut, right? Kobe White lineup, the Shy lineup. And we're going to go here, delete all lineups below. Okay. So I got these four lineups. So I'm going to switch over to my lineup simulation screen in Excel. It's a simple Excel tool that we that we built, that James built. I didn't do anything, right? So the first thing I'm going to do, and I'm going to show you how to use this. Very simple. If you've never used Excel in any, any extended functionality, if you know how to cut and paste, right? If you that's all you need to know, right? You don't have to do anything special in Excel. It's all it's all made easily for you with different tabs, exactly where to put what information and little buttons for you to use. Okay? So don't be scared. So I'm going to go to this little button up here. It says download players in the slate, right? You can download the projections from Lineup HQ that we currently have. So I'm going to click on that button. I'm going to get the file. Okay, it's going to be a CSV file. I'm going to save it. Now I'm going to move over because I can only show one screen at a time. So I'm going to show my entire screen on the second screen here. Okay, 
because I have three screens in front of me. So I'm going to take that file, right? I'm going to open it up. And you see these columns. This is, the, this is the tab that says insert projections. And it has all the projections that we normally have here. This is baseball, but whatever. It doesn't matter. The sport doesn't matter. This works for anything. You don't have to fill in all the columns. You just have to fill in the ones that matter. So if you see here, the file that it looks like from lineup HQ looks like this. I'll drag it over here. Right? So it has all these columns. Player ID, team, opponent, position, name, and then has fantasy points, projected ownership, all this type of stuff in it. Okay? So I'm going to cut and paste, right? What columns? Up to projected owned, right? Copy, right? I just copied all the columns. And I'm going to put it in, in the spots that it should. So I paste it here. And there you go, right? I'm also going to need the ceiling, the floor, and the salary. Okay, so I'm going to cut and paste just columns J and K, also over. Ceiling and floor, paste. Done. Copy the salary column. I don't think we need the salary column for this, for the lineup simulator. I don't think it matters. For other tools, it will. We're going to paste that there. Okay, so we have all the projections. The current projections that we have in here. Now, we have a lineup screen. And here, player, 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 player. You don't have to worry about the headings. So all you have to do, you could switch between DK Showdown, FD Showdown, and regular, right? Because Showdowns have captains and MVP spots and stuff like that. Regular doesn't. Classic doesn't. So I'm going to open up. I'm going to download. I'm going to export. There's an export button in Lineup HQ for the four lineups that that we have, right? So I'm going to download that. I'm going to click on click on the download, and I'm going to see. I'm just going to see here. Look, here are the here are the four lineups. Okay. So now, rem- now remember, lineup one and lineup two only projected, right? Lineup one and lineup three, technically, right? It's a 2v2. One has Najee Marshall and Eric Gordon. And the other one has Mathurin and Stewart. I believe that's the 2v2 between the first two lineups. So I'm just going to take the first two lineups, right? So I'm going to copy. You see here, all you have to know is cutting and pasting and copying. That's all you need to know for this. I'm going to put this here. I'm going to paste these two lineups. They're right here, right right here, right in that zone. Now I can go to now the lineup simulation screen. And it will show me, based on the median and the floor and the ceiling, what the win percentage, if we ran this out a thousand times. So it's a Monte Carlo sim of a thousand, right? And you could even, you could change the randomness. Now, what is randomness? Let's 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 do this first. If we set this on zero, the first lineup is going to win all the time. Okay, so let me let me switch back screens, or let me let me dra- I'll drag this over so you can see it. Right, right. So I don't have to switch back and forth. So remember, randomness of zero means that whatever the median is, it's always going to be the median. Right. If you set a randomness of zero percent, that means if the player's median is ten, his outcome in a thousand sims will be ten every single time. There will be absolutely no variance to his outcomes. So that means one lineup that projects for point one more median will win all the time because it's they're always going to hit their median. 
So once you add randomness, if I added 10% randomness, that means the distance between the floor and the ceiling, 10% in one direction and 10% in the other direction, now gets gets to choose as well. So instead of 10, let's say, let's say 10% of 10, let's say in his distribution is like 9.7 to 10.3, which means on every simulation, it'll be 9.7 to 10.3. A little bit more in the middle, right? Because remember, there's more outcomes towards the middle. So in some sims, some instances, some trials, 10.2, like it it keeps on going like that. Ding, 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 in between that zone, 10% plus or minus. 50% would be 15, would be halfway to the one standard deviation zones, right? So like in halfway through. So if the median projection was 10, maybe it, it goes from, Six, six and a half to 13.8 or something like that. A hundred percent randomness, which means you take it all away from the one standard deviation up or down for this tool, at least. So if you set randomness at 100%, that means it will take the entire floor and ceiling very, very wide. Okay. You're introducing a ton of variance. Zero percent, no variance. 10%, 10%, a little, just a tad. 25%, a little bit more. 50%, probably around where, where you should be, you know, variant-wise. And then after 50, 75%, a whole bunch of variants, and 100%, a ton, a ton of variants. Okay? So understand what that randomness is. So we set randomness in this tool for zero for these two lineups. So obviously, the number one is going to win all the time. Because the median on that lineup is, right? We have the median total. We have here, it says, what, 301, 300, right? We we have the median floor. I mean, yeah, these are just the outcomes. 295.94, 295.61. The only difference between these two lineups is 0.33, very minuscule, okay? But let's say we up the randomness to 10%, right? Now we can run simulate. You You press the button, it runs 1,000 simulations. That's how quick it is. It's just the Monte Carlo. So we introduced just just a teeny bit of variance. The first lineup we see here wins like 55% of the time, 55-45. We introduced just a teeny bit of variance. Because one lineup may have a slight, slightly higher ceiling. One may have a slightly lower floor, very little. That's 10%. How about about at 25%? Okay, we introduce a little bit more variance. We still get like 50, 53, 46, 53, 50, about 54, 46. Let's say we introduce 50% randomness. Okay. A decent, a reasonable amount. Right? Now we're getting about much closer. 52, 48, 53, 47. Right? We were just running these, these sims. Right? Especially the lineup one has a slightly high, slightly higher ceiling, slightly higher ceiling. It has a higher, slightly higher median, but also slightly higher ceiling. We could tell from the standard deviation. When the standard deviation is higher, that means the range of outcomes is a little bit wider. So, what does this represent? Just these two lineups. These are the these are two of the top optimal lineups, the first and the third. Right? It's and it's a two v two. Remember what we were talking about yesterday about. 
do I play this or do I play that? Do I play Najee Marshall and Eric Gordon? Or do I play Benedict Mathurin or and Isaiah Stewart? I'm racking my brain. Look at the difference. Not it's if you're playing a head-to-head, if you introduce just a reasonable amount of variance, like like, dude, like it's fifty-two forty-eight. Remember the rake in these head-to-heds are ten percent. I mean, you're you're around there, ten percent, eleven percent, nine percent. Like, how do you win enough? You can't. Both play. Both players are are losing players, right? So for cash games or anything like that, if you're racking your brain over this two v two, one is slightly better than the. You're right. One is slightly better. If you were to play this head-to-head against an opponent thousand times and you, you ended up with the lower lineup, you'd be like minus 12% ROI. And the, and the other and the other guy will be minus 8% ROI or some, something like that. It, it will all match out to like, both of you combined will be like essentially the rake, a little bit less than the rake. That's about it. So if you want to be a slight, you want to be a slightly less loser, you pick the first line. You want to be a slightly, slightly more. There's no way to be a profitable. There's no way to be plus ROI when you account for the rate. Between this 2v2. Now, let's say instead of that second lineup, right? We're going to now paste in that fourth lineup. I'm going to copy and I'm going to replace it here. The fourth lineup has the shot that has Shea Gilgis Alexander instead of Zach Levine. So basically we got Isaiah Stewart. So Marshall and Gordon more. No, actually Marshall and Levine versus Stewart and Shy and SGA. Okay. That lineup, that fourth lineup projects for 294.96. So basically a point below one full point. In median. But remember, we remember that that SGA. SGA may have a slightly higher ceiling. So let's let's see between the these two lineups, which comes out the more. Right, we go to lineup simulations. We introduce a reasonable amount of variance, 50%. That's fine with me. And we refresh the Sims. 5148, 5149. Oh, there's some instances where the other lineup wins. 52, 50, 50, here's 50, 49, right? The standard deviation of the second lineup is actually lower because SGA's floor, I think, is higher than than, than normal for his price range. So we see that the floor may be higher on the lower lineup. So see here, like when we ran a thousand times, the bottom lineup actually outscored the first lineup because the first lineup had slightly, slightly wider range of outcomes, slightly wider standard deviation. But you see these numbers here. I know it's a little bit small on the screen. It's still like if you should, this is one point projected median lower. One point lower. The difference between these two lineups from an outcomes perspective, if you were to face each other in a head-to-head, doesn't beat the rake either. Still doesn't beat the rake. It still doesn't. So which lineup do you play? Well, if you're playing against opponents that are playing 
a similar lineup or one of these four lineups like that you're just going to be a slightly less loser. That's it. You're not going to be profitable in the long run. The rake is going to eat you. You need to find people that are willing to play lineups that are much lower than this. And if people are willing to play lineups that are much lower than this, playing the lineup one or lineup four, what does that matter? Yeah, lineup one will be slightly more profitable against someone that's willing to play a lineup that's like five points lower projected. Let's simulate that. Let's do that. Let's build lineups like that. Okay, so I got my four lineups there. I got a lot of windows. Got a Linux. The bottom of Excel, you can increase the zoom to like 140%. Oh, yeah, you're right. I could do that. Okay, hold on. Okay, yeah, okay. There, there we go. Okay, we got it. I still need the button. I still need, where's the button? Where the, the, okay, the button's on the bottom. Okay, just on that square. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, we're good. It's a little bit bigger. So I'm not, I'm, now I'm going to go back to lineup HQ. And I'm going to, I'm going to build maybe 300. I'm going to build 300 lineups. Let's, let's see. Well, let's build, let's build 150. Right. So I'm going to build the top 150 or top hundred. Let's do hundred for time's sake. Top hundred. That would determine it. We were trying to say, okay, the top one versus the fourth one with the two V two. Now let's see what the hundredth lineup is. What is, what does it look like? So I'm going to build a hundred lineups. Right, this has not. There's no sense of any exposure, Carl. There's no settings, and then just give me the top hundred, pretty much in a row. So I'm going to keep on going, and we're going to build a hundred. Okay, so we built a hundred. We still got that top lineup up there. Right, I don't have the screen up. The top lineup is uh, 295.94. The bottom lineup is 291.57. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna export this. Get rid of that. Export this. Save it. Bring it up. So you can see here, you get the you get the lineups right here, all the way down here. So now I'm going to take the bottom lineup. The lineup projects for what? Four points lower? Copy. All right, just, just that lineup. I'm going to go back to the lineup screen and paste it in the second spot, right? So we have the top projected optimal. People are like, oh, optimal lineup. Got to play it in head-to-heads. Got to play it in double-ups. Got it. You got to do it. You can't play a lineup below it. You can't play the second or third or the fourth, which we've already shown is still fine. That's not where the money comes from. If you're playing one of the top four, top five, and you're playing someone else that has the top four, top five, in the long run, you're both going to lose. So here's the hundredth lineup, right? So this one has, still has McConnell, Nemhart, Johnson, Turner, Levine, but it, this one has Kobe White, KJ Martin, DeMontis Savonis. This one has Vooch, Gordon, and Marshall. Okay, so this lineup projects like four points median lower. Let's see how they fare against each other with a reasonable amount of variance. Okay, 60-39. So there we go. 61-38, 60-39, 59-40, 60-39. Right, if we keep on doing this, 
right? We keep on refreshing, right? So keep running these thousand sims or whatever. This is like a 60-40 lineup. What's the break-even point of head-to-heads? Especially in the lower stakes, where it's like, what, 11% rake? Ten, let's just call it 10% rake. With 10% rake, you have to win at least 55%. You need to win 55% of the time to break even. If you're playing a double, if you're playing a 50-50, you have to win 55% of the time to break even. If you're playing line, if you're playing con, uh, uh, opponents that are playing this hundredth optimal lineup, now you're profitable, right? You're winning more than fifty-five percent of the time. Okay, that lineup projects for four points lower. Right, we keep on running these sims fifty-eight forty-two. Right, is it wildly profitable? No, but it's profitable. That I mean, cash games. This is these are the edges that you're grinding out. So if someone would or play the hundredth top optimal, the hundredth, you'd still only be maybe a sixty percent favorite over them. So if they beat you, like we talked about yesterday, with the mental health aspects of not going on tilt, playing well, not changing your process because of one outcome on one slate. Someone you saw said, someone played K.J. Martin and Sabonis in cash against me? I should beat this guy. This guy's lineup is four points lower projected than mine. Yeah, you're still only a 60% favorite. Right? You're still only a 60% favorite, right? Imagine we took, instead of the 100th lineup, right, we took one of the other bot. Let's say we take the 50th lineup or one of these lines. Let's let's take a look at, uh, here's one without T.J. McConnell. Right, we have a non-TJ McConnell lineup. We got. I'm trying to find one in the in the thing that looks like a little bit. Here's a Josh Giddy lineup. Oh, here's the one with Giddy and Jokic. Okay, so this one is a little bit different. Here's Anyewo. Okay, so I'm going to take this one. So this is like the 57th lineup. It looks like. I'm going to take the 57th lineup. Right. So not all the way down. And this lineup, the 57th lineup. Let's take a look on lineup HQ. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere like. Two and a half points lower projected, something like that, right? So this lineup, yeah, they share a bunch of players, but this one has Jokic and Giddy and Martin. So this is like a three v three. Okay, two and a half points lower projected. I go to lineup simulations with a reasonable amount of randomness. Fifty-seven, forty-three, fifty, fifty-five. So the top lineup. 55, 57, 56, 57, 56. It's still profitable over that lineup. Not by much. Really not by much. It's like 57, 43-ish. We keep on running this. 58, 42, 56, 43, 57, 43. I mean, like a little bit. You'll win 57, 58% of the time. The other lineup will win 42% of the time-ish. You'll eke out, you'll eke out like a nice 2% ROI in cash or something like that. Like maybe something like once you account for the rake. Okay. So if you saw someone play, oh, someone played Gideon cash against me. Someone played Jokic over this other guy. I mean, like, well, they're horrible. Their, their, their lineup is, uh, their lineup projects for, you know, two and a half, three points lower than mine. I should crush him. I should crush him. No, you're going to win like 57% of the time. That's it which is profitable for a small amount.
Now imagine you're only playing like $100 in volume. What does that represent? What is your expected return here? If you were to play $100 and, and, and you only played against this lineup, so you're playing whatever, $100 head to head, something, right? Something like that. Your expected return is two bucks. That's it. That's it. 2% ROI, something like that. That's it. Two bucks. $2. Someone played. It's like, oh, I can't believe they played KJ Martin. I can't believe, I know. I played the top optimal. This one's two and a half points lower. Why is my why is my uh, cash game ROI like barely over break even or at times under break even? I mean, because can't go by short, small sample size. Over a long sample size, why 2%? It's like, yeah, because you're not finding people that play substantially weaker lineups when you account for the rake. You're making a little bit, not that much. Right? So really, the differences between those two lineups aren't that dramatic either. They're at least better to beat the rake if someone's playing lineups that are 50th, right? Two and a half, three points, four points, five points lower than projected. But you do find head to you do find head to heads. I play plenty of head to heads and like, well, I used to play in NBA all the time. I'd find head to heads, $50 head to heads where a guy's playing a lineup that's 21 points lower projected than mine. From a median standpoint, it's like that guy's dead. But I'm also playing a ton of head-to-heads, $5 head-to-heads against people that are playing a lineup. One of the top five blended optimals, you know, aggregate optimals or RG optimals. or We're just trading money. We're losing to the rake. I mean, it didn't matter which ones we chose. 2v2, who cares? If you're in a double up, you're an 11-man double up or something, and you and 10 other people are all playing like a 2v2 off of like the projected top optimal or something like that, you're all losing. Someone's going to be a slightly, slightly less loser. But no one's losing that much money. You're basically just all chopping the rake. They're kind of breaking even from there. So you're all going to be like a negative 1.5% ROI or something like that. Some people are going to be negative 1. Some people are going to be negative 2. But no one's going to be positive. You need people that are playing significantly worse lineups. Once you introduce an 11-man double-up, one person that's willing to play a lineup that's 20 points lower projected, well, all of their EV starts going to everyone else. But only one person that does it that badly just covers the rake, essentially, for you. So even the most profitable player in that 11-man double-up that plays a slightly higher, slightly, than the other nine other opponents that aren't the bad player, that person has like a 0.4% ROI, maybe, like something like that. The worst made like break even or minus 0.2% ROI. Now, once you introduce a second player that also plays a lineup that's like 12 points lower projected, all of the EV for those two players go to the nine others. And now the top player that has the top median projected optimal, now they're making like, Three or four percent ROI. The guy below him is making three percent. The guy below him is making two point seven percent. Lie below him two point four percent. The guy below him one point eight percent. You're all taking the EV from the two really bad lineups, and it's going towards the top. Right, this is for cash games. We're not considering ownership. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk about that next week, right? Because I just want to show off the tool. 
So this, this really puts things in perspective. Here's an actual, simple simulation. It's a, it's, it's still blunt. As Trevor points at, out in the chat, do you need player correlations to make an effective simulation? Yes, you do. Especially in NBA, where if one player scores a lot, his teammate is less likely to be scoring points. Well, that's not that's not always the case, but that would be true, right? If you, if you simulate an NFL and this quarterback scores 40 points, it's more and more likely that the wide receiver, or the, vice versa. If, if Tyreek Hill has 45 fantasy points, like it's two, it doesn't have eight, right? It could be rushing touchdowns, I guess. Like the players are correlated to some extent. Yes, this, this doesn't account for that. This is a, this is a more blunt. This is this is a more precise method of just simply looking at floor and ceiling projections, but it's still blunter than building all the correlations into all this. That's why I said these are just simply player-based Monte Carlo sims. This is not what you should be taking and like looking at the pre- the preciseness of this. You should be using this as a blunt tool. All of the things that we include with the theory of DFS and all the stuff that I teach is all about using blunt methodologies that are still way more precise than the bad players in, in that play DFS. And there's enough of an edge, even in 2023 to make money and be profitable, be a winning player in any format using these concepts where you don't have to build out. You don't have to be like nerdy tenor in chat. And build out all the all this complex stuff. You need computer programming and everything. And a PhD in math. We've built these things for you, these little tools. I wouldn't be using this tool to the to, to way two different cash lineups. Like I'm just using this to highlight the fact that the difference between the top optimal and the 20th optimal functionally is about the same. The thing that's going to make you profit is finding the contests where people are willing to play way worse lineups than that on average. So even if you played the 20th optimal, you'd be profitable. You wouldn't be as profitable. You'd have a bit, bit, bit more profit playing the first or the second and the third. But even at the 20th, you'd still be profitable. So if you're playing the right contest with weaker opponents, You're not making money from the 2v2s. You're making money from the contest and the bad players. So don't worry about what McLovin has in the contest. You're playing a, a whatever, 23-man double up. Oh, McLovin's in there. Utica's in there or something, right? Because they're playing everything. They're playing one cash lineup and everything. Who cares what they have? Right? Oh, they have a 2v2 off of my lineup. I should have played that lineup. Who cares? The point is, fine. Out of the 23 people, how many people played, download the 23 lineups and go, what was the projection of all these lineups? You could find a bunch of lineups, four, three, four, five lineups that are like, wow, these guys played eight points lower projected. This one's 12 points lower projected. That's where your money comes from. Whether how big your share of that money is, that may be the 2v2 type of thing. But the share difference is going to be very minuscule. You're playing a lineup that is like, oh, this McLovin played a lineup that, based on my projections, is 0.5 lower. In basketball, that's nothing. 
His projections had it slightly higher in one direction. You're you're both probably still making money as long as you have weak enough opponents in your contests. If you're playing a 23-man double up and everyone is playing one of the top 20, let's just even say one of the top 20 optimals based on RG projections. None of you will be profitable. None of you. You're all losing to the rake. Okay? Now, the outcome of that one slate may matter. Oh, I lost this slate. But in the long run, if all 23 of you played this contest and he constantly put one of the top 20, which are all sorts of different 2v2s and 3v3s and everything like that. You're all going to be losers. Just to an extent of who's going to be the smallest loser versus a slightly bigger loser. No one's going to lose huge. So this gets back to the concept from last week of where does the money come from? And you could utilize these lineup simulations to, to, to show what is the difference. Now, if you're playing stuff like triple ups, three mans, five bands, you know, I described last month, you know, finding where the edge is, where you know you may be going like that, that a 31 man triple up where you know most of the opponents. You go, oh, all 30 of my opponents are playing one of these top five lineups, right? So they're really tied to, their points are really tied together, okay? But that's good for double-ups and 50-50s and head-to-heads. But now, if I can beat one of their lineups... I could probably beat most of their lineups because they're all sharing the same. Everyone's sharing like six players together, right? They're sharing five players together, similar 1v1s and 2v2s. That's like the 30 opponents have a very combinatorially, combinatorically similar lineup. So if you could beat one of them, you could beat all of them. So like how often do you have to beat them when you get, if you're only getting paid 2x, you got to beat them 55% of the time, which you're not going to be able to do if you play a lineup that's similar to theirs or lower projected. Like, you're not going to beat them enough. But for 3X, how often do you have to beat that lineup? And, and, And then also beat the rake. Well, if you didn't account for the rake, you have to beat that lineup or one of those types of lineups, what? A third of the time? If you didn't account for rake, a third of the time, 33% of the time. Once you add rake and once you add the fact that not everyone is playing the same, if all 30 of your opponents were playing literally the same lineup, you're essentially playing a head-to-head now. That's it. But you're getting paid 3x for it. So how often do you have to beat all these little combinations? Probably around, and also beat the rake? Probably 38% of the time, something like that, around 38, 38-ish. So now if you knew your opponents, right, I'm, sh- I'm showing you how you could use this tool for this type of stuff, right? If you knew your opponents were playing a lineup that is very similar to the top optimal, right? And I played... The thousand, I tried to find a lineup that had the least amount of play, like as much of a 2v2, like 3v3, 4v4 off of that lineup. 
right? Here's a lineup. I McConnell, Nemhard, Barrett, Covington, Valanciunas. Okay, this may be this may be weird. This is this is the this is the ninety eighth lineup. Okay, so this projects for like four points lower, right? I'm gonna put this here. Right, it still has McConnell, Nemhart, still has Levine, Johnson, and Vucevic, but it has Barrett, Covington, and Valanciunas instead of Marshall, Turner, and Gordon. So it's a three v three. Right, so I found a three v three. And if many people are playing something very similar to number one, how often does number two, which still projects four points lower with the floors and ceilings, with the entire range of their projection, not just the median, how often does it beat that first lineup? It doesn't beat it, but how often does, does right? 37% right here. 30. So the top lineup wins 33, 30, you know, the bottom line, the lineup that I chose, 37%, 37%, 37%, 38%, here, 37 So it's right on that threshold that if I was playing lineups that all look very similar to number one, that if I were to play a three-man or a five-man or a, a triple-up or something where I get paid more than double, triple, three X, this lineup number two, will be close to breaking, pretty much break even with the rake. Maybe slightly, slight loser, slight loser. Even though it projects way low. I mean, it projects almost five points lower, median-wise. Let's say I take, okay, let's say I don't go down even that lower. Try to find, here's a, but here's a, oh, here we go, let's see. All these lineups, you're probably playing McConnell and Emhart. I mean, they're going to share a lot of players. Let's try this line. Uh, here's a Gordon lineup. Where's a non-Gordon lineup? Let's take a look. Let's take a look for something, something in the middle. KJ Martin, Keldon Johnson, Paolo Benchero. Well, like a non-Gordon lineup. Caruso, does the first one have Turner? Yeah, these are all kind of 3v3s. Here's one without okay. Here's one without McConnell. Nemart, Levine, Johnson, Bogdanovich, Turner, White, Gordon, Vooch. Is that a two v two? Is that a three v three? I guess Kobe White's in there. But let's 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 take the first non-McConnell lineup. Actually, let's just take the first non-McConnell lineup, right? Which is like the twenty that looks like the twenty eighth lineup. We didn't play McConnell, but we're obviously sharing. It's a 2v2, right? Because we're Covington and Giddy is in this lineup. So let, let's just take that lineup. We're not playing McConnell. Playing this lineup, which looks like it's probably maybe a point and a half, two, two points lower projected. And let's run it now. Okay, I win 30 with that lineup, 39, 40% of the time, 39, 40, 41, 39, 40, 38, 39, 40. So if you were in that situation with that triple ups, you're going to be profitable. Now. Not greatly profitable, but profitable enough. 40% of the time you beat a lineup that looks like that, right? And in this tool, you could, we, you could do up to 10 lineups. So for instance, if I just took the top 10 optimals based on the floor and ceiling, 
right? I copy and paste it here, right? So now I got 10 of them. It'll tell you the win rate, you know, the all the stats and how often, what its share of equity, I guess, is, right? How often it wins based on the floor and the ceiling. This one has a lower, this one looks like lineup three has a lower ceiling. Right, so we could refresh. We could run this. Line lineup five came out a little bit more ahead. Right, you have to just keep on running like this. Right, so we see here it's like it seems like lineup five has a, a lower standard deviation than our top lineup. So actually, it has a higher floor. That's why a lot of times it's it's coming out ahead, like the median. You see here, so lineup five which is McConnell, Nemhart, Johnson, Stewart, Turner, SGA. Yeah, it's the SGA lineup, right? Because we saw when we were comparing people, SGA had that 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 floor and that distribution. The floor outcomes are a little bit more than the ceiling outcomes. So it's a little bit tipped. Which means in a, in a, amongst all these lineups, like even though it projects median-wise lower than lineup three, Lineup three actually has maybe slightly leaning towards the ceiling side, right? McConnell, Nemhart, Mathurin, Stewart, Turner, Levine, Johnson, Vooch. Now, if you're now if you if you're going to use this tool and go, well, now I, I'm going to choose lineup five over lineup three, or lineup three over lineup five. None of it matters. We we're, we're picking the top ten. If you're facing. If everyone is playing one of these 10 lineups, you're all losing, right? So which one you choose just determines whether or not how small of a loser you're going to be, right? You never, No one's going to be a big loser. Someone's going to be minus, minus 7% ROI. One person's going to be minus 8% ROI. One person's going to be minus 10, you know, something like that, around the rate. The biggest loser will be minus 14%, minus 13% ROI. You're just sharing the rate. The loss on the rake. So it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. Now, in the instance of, I think I know what my opponents are playing. So if I say that I know my, I know there are going to be a bunch of people that play lineup one. I know there may be a bunch of people, maybe a little bit less that play lineup three or lineup five. Maybe you get projections from somewhere else. And you run theirs, right? And you go, okay, what 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 are people playing if they see these projections? Oh, they may be playing this 2v2. So you choose that lineup. So maybe you're filling out these lineups with what you expect your opponents to play in these types of contests, these double up, triple up, quintuple up, because they play the same lineups a lot of times. And then you go, okay, what's the lowest projected lineup I could choose? What's the lineup that has the most combinatorically advantageous lineup that's a 3v3 4v4 5v5 6v6 that i could get while still maintaining enough fair share of equity that i'm profitable that's what you could be doing with this lineup simulation and you could also do it you could also do it when when you're comparing ownership which we'll talk about next week but that's what this tool does. It's it's a simple tool. It's not per, it's not it's, this isn't precise. We're just running Monte Carlo sims. 
We're not using correlation coefficients. We're not doing anything else. We're just taking the floor and ceiling projections and the median projections and just thousand times, thousand times for each player. That's it. And then putting them together in a lineup and seeing what, what the lowest outcome, the highest outcome, the standard deviation and the win percentage between the lineups that you have in your slots. That's it. Greg R says these Sims are just picking a random number. They're not picking a random number. They're picking a distributionally random number. There are more outcomes towards the median, right? If you do 50% randomness, it's not doing it randomly, right? If we take a look at the normal distribution, right? It's not just picking randomly equally between here and here because there are more outcomes in the middle, right? So it is picking randomly. But let's say the median, let's just say, let's say we put on 100% randomness, right? So we're, we're picking between minus one and plus one standard deviation. Okay. So let's say the middle is 10 and this is five and this is 15. It's not, the amount of fives is way lower than the amount of eights, than the amount of nines, than the amount of tens. So yeah, it is picking randomly but it's not equal. There's, there aren't as many fives to, to pick randomly and there aren't as many 15s to pick randomly as there are eights, nines, tens, right? So it is still picking randomly, but there's based on the distribution. It's not linear. Linear randomness is just random. Every Everything is weighted the same way. We'll talk about that next week. And we have, a, we have a, an ability to do that in lineup HQ. It's called true range randomness. We'll talk about that next week. So you can pick up tools like this. This comes with the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players. Go pick it up, theoryofdfs.com. These are one of the tools. little simple thing. All you have to do is cut and paste stuff. If you got any questions about this tool, the tools in the course, stuff like this, projection-wise, we'll be talking about next week. Submit any questions you want. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. I will cover it all. This is unstructured learning. Give me those thummy thumbs. You know how much I like those. Like and subscribe. This is free content. Probably stuff that shouldn't be free. But good thing, good thing there aren't thousands of people that watch this, right? So take advantage of them. Take advantage of them. And I will see, I will see you next week. We'll cover some stuff with James on Monday. We got NBA stuff later today. We got playoff NFL content. We got tons of stuff. Subscribe to Roto Grinders. We got some of the best content in the business. And then come back here in the morning and learn. Unstructured learning of DFS strategy. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern. On the DFS free game show. On rotogrinders.com.